0: everyone welcome to another episode of give me back my action movies the podcast it's a very special episode first of all you want on here nate nate are you there no Nate, nate wait nate Nope. all right good all right nope so just me and charlie and this is a special drop the reason it's a special drop charlie is because we have a very special guest who we interviewed yes sir very special, yes, very, very special. Mm, so, very cool. the mm, episode on Beastmaster, remember was that one? Awesome! That? I do remember, remember it. We talked yeah. about being in your underwear and swinging a stick around, and yep. your favorite sword and sandal, sword and sorcery movie. Yeah, as as okay. a kid, obviously, yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. that was super it. good. Yeah. So yeah. we did that episode. We put it out, and we got a lot of really good feedback. Well, Charlie. As you were perusing other Facebook groups, yes, you came across a hand reaching virtually through the muck and the mire to offer you an interview. I did, yeah, and then they want to tell the story yeah i'll I'll tell a story,
1: but uh no, I'm in a uh, sword and sorcery group on Facebook. And somebody shared a picture of Beastmaster, and everyone's like, you know, obviously like, oh, I loved that as a kid. Oh, I love this movie. So I just put on there, hey, uh, you know, we're releasing an episode pretty soon of Beastmaster. No link, no nothing. I don't spam the show everywhere. If someone's interested, they'll they'll search it out. Well, someone, I guess, was interested. They uh, commented on my comment and went, hey, uh, you want to interview someone that was in the movie? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no. Nah. you know but you know doing the conventions and stuff i'm used to like agents reaching out like hey you want so and so on so at first i didn't recognize the name i was like yeah absolutely and uh he goes well send me a private message and i was in it and i was like oh wait wait a minute what i look up the name and it was joshua Milrod milrad milrid one of those two and um he was tall Young King Tall mm-hmm. in the movie, mm-hmm. and so a message be confused with King Tut, not with not with King Tut, no, not no, not no, with king, no. you know nothing no. like that. A different I, king, a totally different king. Yeah. Okay. Right. No, you know, but um, messaged him, talked for him a little bit, and he was interested to come on the show. And uh, throughout the course of I don't know what's it been going on two months or something now yeah. since we first it- talked to him, ish. He he's in production on other things that he right. works on it's in the interview you'll hear in a little bit so it was just trying to time everything out i mean I, you know eventually i was talking to him on the phone kind of it was just very surreal for me i'm talking to someone that you know was in a childhood favorite movie and i was just like it's kind of unbelievable but it was cool um so yeah we scheduled up a an interview with uh joshua uh and it's While we've done interviews on the horror show,
0: this is the first action interview we're getting ready to do. Yes. Um, And the interview was fantastic because not only do we talk about Beastmaster and find out some things that we didn't know and actually tell him some things he didn't know, I guess. Um, He also (laughs) tells us about who Josh is and how he got to where he was and how he got to where he is and where he's going in the future. And that's really cool. I mean... Yeah. Talking about what was like on set and shooting this and everything else. That's awesome. I really like that, but it's like getting to know the person and seeing like his little game room area there and his pinball machine and some of his action figures and stuff. It was just super cool to get to know the guy a little bit.
1: And that's, that's been my goal. Like, so if you, if any of y'all have heard the other interviews that we've done with the horror show, we don't just want to interview so and so and just do like, so you made a movie. Tell me about the movie, tell yeah, me you very know.
0: robotic and
1: yeah. any any information that is already out there is out there. So I would rather talk to the person. So this is more of an interview of Josh. Who happened to be in Beastmaster?
0: Yeah, it, yeah. Know. We we're not going to we're not reinventing the wheel with this show. No. You know Terminator, folks. You know Commando. You know Beastmaster. We're trying to tell you how what we think about it and how we feel. I mean, I, I don't know who cares what we think, right? Huh. Well, you know, but we're trying to give you the why it's stuck with us 25, 35, 40 years later or whatever it might be, and in the process of doing that trying to get to know the people that made these things as well so yeah everyone loves Schwarzenegger if Schwarzenegger wants to come on the show of course we're going to talk to him heck yeah come on but man. but we're going to ask him what he's doing now yeah, yeah like, what if, are you doing outside of you right now if Schwarzenegger comes on the show I'm not going to ask him about Totem and Nadar you know so I want to ask him what his favorite food is at Schmidt's here in Columbus when he goes yeah here, actually, here be here this weekend. You want to go try to track him down for you?
1: I say go for it. I think you and Nate should buddy up, and because uh, you know. Okay, okay. If we do that, we
0: need Pete to come with us and film the whole thing and make it like a buddy adventure movie of us trying to find Schwarzenegger and getting shut down the whole time, basically.
1: I think that would actually be somewhat entertaining. Actually, we should the search for South Schwarzenegger. Damn it, we should have
0: planned this out. You better.
1: should have. Uh, you guys are right there. You should have Should have been on top of that. Yeah. Nate can ask him what his favorite Shrek movie is. I like mean, your favorite movie you've never been
0: in? You know, like Nate does with Freddy Krueger. Nah. Uh, Nate, 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 Nate does good. Nate does good. I, hey, I love Nate on the show. I kind of miss him. Nate. Still Glad. not here.
1: <laughs> no, we're not impersonating each other. Are you sure? I've, had, so a, well last I've had enough
0: of that shit. What? We're done. What? We're so done. Well all right, so let's go ahead and throw to the commercials real quick, and when we come back, we're going to get right into the meat and potatoes, the sizzle, and the steak, the interview with Josh Milrad.
1: hey guys this is wolfie d from pg 13 check out my podcast live and in color with wolfie d every monday at
0: noon we're talking memphis we're talking ecw wcw wwf everywhere that i've been we even have some great guests some hall of famer on the show with us every monday at noon
2: live and in color with wolfie d
3: Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more, you know, I want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night than just Jeff.
0: Dogs don't like eggs, please.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I hate you so much. Talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting. So if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers, actors, prioritized their mental health, became entrepreneurs, avoided burnout, or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt, available on all podcasting platforms. And I Know You Hear Me.
0: Oh, oh! Sorry, I was yeah. distracted. I was looking at this A Team uh figures set here from Galoob back in the day. Uh, Toys R oh. Us.
1: The ones that look like the GI Joes. Yeah, it was only like seven bucks. You got uh
0: Murdoch in an orange jumpsuit and face in a black jumpsuit and BA yep. in a green jumpsuit and Hannibal in a blue jumpsuit.
1: Yep. Well, they came awesome. with little machine guns you could yeah, interchange,
0: red backpacks and stuff. Yep. That yep. Was they cool. all
1: fit in the the 18
0: van so you could get the 18 van and put them all in there i never had that i had the uh, general lee and i had kit okay so uh we have an interview yeah
1: we do I, that was our toy spot i guess now we're adding to this show i don't and, know I,
0: I i don't know either hey yeah. uh interview time roll it <laughs> all right everyone so very special guest with us uh a uh, a gentleman that if you've listened to one of our previous episodes uh we've talked about some of his work in a uh almost maybe a previous life kind of situation how we've all lived multiple lives i think in this they say you only get one but i think we we try to get many um and that's joshua joshua uh introduce yourself real quick and just say
2: hello to everybody Hey everyone, I'm Joshua Milrad. Uh, grew up in the entertainment business, uh, mostly because of my folks, and went to film school, and uh, was a child actor for a spell, and, and now work in post-production and production on all sorts of uh, content from sports to uh, reality TV to scripted and beyond. Awesome, so more of the
1: behind-the-scenes kind of magic instead of on-screen magic type things?
2: When I got to high school, um, I kind of wanted to focus on being a teenager more than being an actor. And uh, and then I knew I was going to most likely go to college, so uh, I was a film and TV major, which, uh, honestly, having grown up in the business, was, was a little boring. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, they didn't let you really use the cameras until junior year, so... Um, that was more exciting, but um, and at
0: that point, you kind of already knew what you were doing. I assume and to an extent, you kind of already had a good feel for it, right? Well, it was strange.
2: I I'd kind of grown up on the set, so um, a lot of it, you know, was just normal to me. You know what I mean? And uh, and of course, yeah. there's always stuff to learn every day, always everywhere in life and and on the set. But uh, yeah, I mean, I you know I kind of knew my classic films. You know, I'd been raised around all those movies. I'd seen them already. So writing papers about that kind of stuff and. And all that wasn't wasn't that exciting. Nonlinear editing hadn't really come in yet. It was just about to come in. Um, so there wasn't even that for me as a computer geek to be excited about. Uh, that came a little <laughs> right. Early. That came a little still
0: splicing, huh?
2: Uh, yeah, but I mean, we didn't even get to do much of that, really. It was it was in the, in the freshman year, at least sophomore year. It was later on. We got to make some short films. But by then it was mostly video. Sure, You know, they were sure. still shooting on video because It was so cheap.
1: That was, that was like me trying to take art class going, when do I finally get to draw something? And it was, no, we have to learn why you like to draw right. or why other people like to draw. And I'm
2: like, no, no, no. I came here to draw. Right. Let me draw something. I would think if, if you get inspired by doing it, you'd want to maybe learn that other stuff later. You know, you get so into drawing that you'd be like, well, who else is a master at this and, and what do they do? What are their techniques? How can I learn? But in the beginning you yeah. want to do it. Yeah. You want to do it. If that's what I want to do, then I will dig in deeper myself.
1: Till then, let me see if I love this. Let me see if this is even something I care about for the next six months. Well, that makes a lot you know. Of
2: and, you know, it's like when, I, when I've taught kids to play instruments a little bit, so I'm a musical guy, and uh, it's the same thing. If you, if you start off with a bunch of theory, musical theory, they're going to just fall asleep. But they're out. But you get, a, you get an that's, electric guitar. That's my kids. Right. You get an electric yeah. guitar in their hands, you know, or an instrument they like, you know, it's a different story. And then when they want to get good, they're going to have to learn that stuff later, you know.
1: Exactly. Or you know, you, you as a parent, you spend a couple hundred dollars because they say they want to do it, and you try to get them all started. And three weeks later, they haven't touched it. Which there's a guitar <laughs> somewhere in Anthony's room, right? And I was I was like, how cool is this? There was a video game, uh, Rock Master, that you literally plug the real guitar in, not guitar hero. Oh, okay. In, but it was an actual program game that taught you how to play. It was like 80 bucks. Yep. I bought him a, a a smaller guitar for his frame. Mm-hmm. And I spent all this money for a birthday. He was super excited. I was the best dad in the world for three weeks. And because he couldn't immediately start, he was done. Right. And I was like, you oh, know, that was a great investment. I can't wait till the next hobby comes. Did along. you play
2: guitar? You play guitar as well?
1: No. Oh, you don't. That was the thing. I, if I could have taught him, or maybe you know, encouraged, but I am also like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hands-on, I'm a carpenter, I'm a, you know, a nice. mechanic and all this other stuff. So I'm like, if he's in the woodshop with me, that's kind of sparked his interest now. But when you're trying to like, what do you like? Do you like guitar? Cool. Let's try it. That was expensive. I'm not doing that again. That, that, that's, that's on your own honestly, time when you get a job.
2: Guitar is a difficult instrument for a child because it requires so much finger dexterity and finger strength. Um, I started oh, yeah. on ukulele. When I was five, four years old, something like that. And so that was a lot easier. The strings are a little spaced out a little more. They're not as hard to press down. There's only four of them. You know what I mean? Um, but true. guitar, especially with the metal strings, very hard on a kid. Hard on anybody, really, to, when you're starting. I, I believe it, but you know, piano, you want to encourage your kid. Of course. You know, of like, course. You got to let them try. And then, you know, but piano, they do get a little more instant gratification because, you know, they just press the key, they hear the note. They're not trying to hold down a true. string and, it's so hard. String instruments are very Not difficult. as much
1: technique and stuff on there. But there is. That, that's parent,
2: parental raring. Re- yeah. I only have one. It. So if he <laughs> tries something and doesn't like it, it's not the end of the world. If I do it three times, oh my gosh, well, that that would be tough. I'm
1: handing the guitar down. You know, if you one of the other two, yeah, one get of them a, might, an inkling, might love it.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Here, try it. Your brother didn't even exactly. look at it anymore. But
1: that we've digressed way off of where. No, it's all good. It I, I was going to tell you a story. No, Maybe you guys great. would
2: appreciate this. Uh, when I lived in New go York with my parents, we did a road trip to Nashville, Tennessee, and I was probably five years old, maybe four years old, and my dad was just obsessed with bluegrass at that time. He's a musician, and he bought a banjo down there and wanted to get into it. He had never played a string instrument. He's a pianist. And uh, uh, I got a little ukulele, and uh, I was so psyched. I was like, I think I mean, maybe I was four. I really didn't know what I was doing, but we were in this diner. And I got up, I started singing some songs for people, and the local newspaper guy took a picture of a, <laughs> a clipping. It's hilarious. Sweet. And I loved it. I mean, you know, I, my dad was a pianist, so that was always very intimidating, because he was just you know, incredible. Old school, yeah. old school pianist. And he sits down and stuff happens. Yeah, it's like you know, breathing it's air. It's insane. Him, right? exactly. And uh, uh, anyway, so the, the ukulele got me started. And then I did pick up guitar, but probably not until I was about 12. Ten or ten or twelve, something like that. That
1: was about Anthony's age when he yeah. first started. That that so that it's. When it I, I already had a little early. bit of a background.
2: You know, I already knew how to make chords yeah. and stuff. So, um, but it, nylon strings maybe would be. Uh, I don't know if you got him nylon or, or steel strings, but nylon's a little easier. I think it was still steel strings. That's tough. I can't remember now. It's been a
1: little while. Yeah. That's but, tough. you know, like I said, I'll, I'll throw him in the wood shop and let him play with power tools, and he's he's happy as all. Nice. Now. See, so that's something my dad time. never
2: gave me. I, I wish I had had that experience. That would have been a good one. He gave that's me other awesome. wonderful experiences, but nothing like woodshopper.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it starts out as a child actor. So who got you into that?
2: All right. Well, the truth it? is, it's, it's good old Hollywood nepotism. My folks uh, have good friends that were in the entertainment business. My father was a conductor on Broadway and a pianist and musical director and all this. And some of his friends moved out to California and they were encouraging us to move out. So uh, long story short, we wound up moving to California. But Before that, he had put me, his, my father's friend, Danny Dayton, who was a commercial director and an actor. You, you'd recognize him from some really old movies if you saw him uh he was directing a commercial i think it was for dawn dishwashing liquid something like that and i was nine months old they put me in the commercial and uh you know my parents say i wanted to do this i kept looking at the tv saying oh i can do that i don't don't know if that's true or not but maybe it's true uh but they they basically put me in the industry as a child so i was going on auditions at five six seven eight nine ten all the way through high school um yeah yeah and and, you know it was interesting i mean there's upsides and downsides that we can get into if you want to get real about it but um,
1: oh no i I think it's fine it's it's however deep you want to go but i think you've opened the door now we we spoke briefly before we started recording that uh dan's wearing a particular shirt today that josh picked up on and dan's wearing a millennium falcon shirt and i went oh i have a question or at least something i want to bring up with josh and I think Josh realized what I was talking about because I did my I did my homework, Josh. I really did. I've been on your YouTube channel. Oh. I've been on all that other stuff. And so I think it'd be kind of fun for Dan to know that Josh was in a Star Wars toy
2: commercial.
1: Oh, awesome. As a child. Okay. You want to tell him which one it was, Josh?
2: Uh, it was the, the uh, Snowspeeder. Uh, as a matter Empire of fact, I, th-
0: I think I just watched that one a couple of weeks ago, there's a Facebook group about um, uh, 80s or 80s toys, or I can't remember exactly the one, which one it is. It's the toys, co- cartoons, and commercials yeah. one that were Yeah, and yeah. so they will show like a vintage toy, or they'll show an advertisement, a print advertisement, and then later on that day or the next day or whatever, they will show a an, uh, um, commercial for it. If they have access to it type of thing. So I've seen a bunch of those. And I think, like I said, that one was a couple of weeks ago, as a matter of fact.
2: That's funny. Wow. I I hadn't seen it in 30, 40 years until somebody sent it to me, you know, on an email (laughs) on some site, retro commercial. I started looking up, you know, any other commercials I did. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was was fun. I never thought I'd see that again. You know? Did you, did you actually get to take the toys home? They actually, no, but they mailed me some toys after the fact. And I was psyched, um, you know, the ones they had on set were they were specially painted and treated and whatever, Oh, sure. You know, for, for whatever TV, they yeah. do, you know,
0: my, uh, my aunt worked at Kenner. I'm from near Cincinnati in oh, Northern nice. Kentucky. So my aunt worked at Kenner. So every week we got new star Wars toys. Wow. Because How part awesome of the that, huh? part, yeah, I know it was amazing. Part of the, the gimmick was they worked there and they were able to grab two or three, four different things at the end of wow. each week. Wow. And, uh, they would bring it to us. So like, I remember the year I got my Falcon for, for Christmas and we'd get to little figures and I had some now that in hindsight were worth money. I wish I wouldn't have buried it in the backyard. <laughs> we're playing, all, you know, yeah. I mean, we had. I had like the original queen, uh, alien with the mouth would come out and the, the I whole think thing. I have that one. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a blast. You That's know, awesome. I remember, I remember those days and things. And I remember watching those commercials as a matter of fact, going, Man, I wish I could be those kids playing with those toys. Those are awesome. I wonder how how great that is. Well, now I can find out how great that was. <laughs> and Josh now is uh, taking us oh, on a yeah. quick video tour. Got you the
2: DeLorean awesome, there, huh? the
0: back to the, the Out of Time DeLorean, and all kinds of cool stuff. These, are,
2: these yeah. guys were great. These metal the Ronin Warriors from Japan. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway, that's awesome. I was awesome. Into these metal sculptures for a while too, and. Uh, but yeah, no, I I have more action figures than any adult man should have for sure. <laughs> That's the uh,
0: that was the uh, robot from uh, Metropolis.
2: Yes, I love Isn't that. that That's my favorite can. robot. Um, similarly, uh, this is the Bride of Pinbot on the side of the pinball machine. I'm Very cool. But uh, yeah, I'm big on robots. I love rob- my son loves robotics. I really hope he sticks with that.
1: Okay. I don't I don't know if you're worried about toys so much there, Josh. Um, as I sit in my
2: nerd vault, nice.
1: I am one hundred percent, wow. 160 degrees surrounded. Oh man, you're um, gonna make
2: me want to come down there and play. Nice,
1: <laughs> come on, uh, wh- whatever it takes, man. Let's let's do that.
2: That's awesome.
0: So, so you got pulled in as a child, I thrown did. in the world essentially, kind of in the deep end there, and let you just kind of float through it. And later on, you said you made a decision to, to jump. Jump ship on the other side of the camera, essentially.
2: More but, or less. I mean, now, I, I mean, I must say, I wasn't just floating through it. I mean, I had a lot of wonderful mentors and family sure, and sure. people that were keeping a good eye on me because they knew the risks. You know, there's yeah. a lot of risks. You, you
0: hear a lot of horror stories about things that happened with child um, actors and musicians, any
2: entertainment industry. The proof really. is, is in the history. I mean, it's sure, there, you know? sure. So, so uh, they were very it? careful with all that to, to their credit. You know. But yes, I reached a point as a teenager where I didn't want to have to obsess about my weight or the way my face looked or the way my hair looked. Sure. Or, you know, did I have a little bit of a cold and I didn't sound right that day? And you know what I mean? It was just too much. It was too much. I just wanted to party and have fun and and go to college you know after high school. And uh, I don't know. It just seemed I, I had friends of family that were actors that still hadn't made it into their 50s. And they were so talented. You know, I've seen them do Shakespeare. I've seen them do musicals. I've seen them do. Drama, comedy, sure. you know, and like, why isn't this person, you know, able to make a living doing this? It was just, you know, and I kind of realized early on that no matter how much talent you have, uh, there is a luck factor. There's still a crapshoot. It's not merit based. You know what I mean? If you if you if you're in a certain oh, kind yeah. of field, and you know that if you get a certain degree and you get a certain job and you get, you know, A, B, C, D, whatever, uh, in entertainment, it, anybody could. It's just. There's just no rule, rhyme or reason. You can try to steer the ship as best you can, mm-hmm. but all the stars have to line up just right for that first thing to happen, and then you got to do it again. You know what and, I mean? And, and, again, again, and again, and again, and <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's one thing we've noticed. I've noticed specifically uh, doing this podcast now, watching uh, movies from when I was a kid. You know, and seeing going, oh, that's you know, oh, that guy is a great actor, or that's a great film, or whatever. And then watching some of the newer films, going, ooh okay. So acting has changed first and foremost, obviously. Um, and then, you, you know, you see some of the actors that are out there now doing it and you've got some that, and quite honestly, I'll, I'll say it. There's some, I go, how in the hell did you get this job? And then I go, Oh wait, you look that way. All right. I got you. Never mind, I get it now. You well, know? And then it just, some it, it, is it, that. It, it blows my mind sometimes. Like you said, there's some actors that I don't think could act themselves out of a, a wet paper bag but are still getting roles over and over and over again. And then you see some that you just catch you know on an independent film or something and you go thats they're a hell of an actor. Why aren't right. they you know why aren't they in the Avengers or why aren't they in you know Star Wars or these big mega franchises
2: or even able to just make enough money to get their help yeah, yeah. or just pay the bills. Yeah that's yeah, all I mean, too certainly. for sure. I know wildly talented people. That have been chasing acting their whole lives, and now, and they're good, and they're trained like like Shakespearean actors, okay? And they they just never got that one break that they need. And and these were people that grew up in Hollywood mostly. Yeah. These aren't even like people that came here to try to chase a dream or something. They, they they were around it. Some of them were even, uh, you know, pretty well connected, you know. But nepotism in Hollywood goes back to the beginning. I mean, look, oh sure, Steve Garland's daughter was Liza Minnelli. She's right. talented, but I don't think she would have been a star if it were, her mother wasn't Judy Garland, right? Sure. I mean, maybe this is what,
0: Lucille Ball, the whole Desi Lou thing. I mean, everything. You, know, you know, know, and I think that's true in a lot of businesses, right?
2: If we look oh, at a lot yes. of businesses, there's a lot of nepotism, right? It's everywhere. <laughs> no, but it it's happens. frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating. <laughs> you know, when you know you're talented and you know you're, you you could do this job, and you just can't get to do what you want to do. It's you know, frustrating. That's, sure. That's I did I, didn't I mean, a, I, 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 I I didn't want to be a 50 year old caterer. You know, and I, I saw yeah. that happening, you know. To people. Yeah, I,
0: you know, I, I, I took a little bit of time to try to get into radio, mainstream uh, terrestrial radio work. And you're right. I mean, and in, in, on a very minuscule level, That's I saw that thing. happen where right. I was like, people were kept telling me like, hey, you're pretty good at this. You're pretty good at this. You're pretty good at this. But no one would give me the shot to, to, to prove that. Right. So, you know, I get it exactly what you're saying. And you get to a and even then, if they give
2: you the wrong slot and you don't get a great reaction, you might not get a second chance for five years. You know, it's it's crazy. Absolutely. I know people
0: from the industry that did it for a long, long time and can't get their foot back in the door
2: for one reason or another. It's tough. It is tough. And uh, so, look, I I would go on camera if somebody asked me to, if it was something I wanted to do, but I'm not going to go auditioning for people anymore i just i just don't want to do that
0: so are so in high well, using hindsight which is the gift we all wish we had um are you super happy then having made that decision that long ago to go more to the behind the camera side or is there a part of you where you're still just like oh, i wish i would have done, taken that uh that back to the future uh interview or uh, audition or, or something like that you know is there
2: uh there- i think there's it's, it's a balance you mm-hmm. know, there, there's always that fantasy, you know, when, when, when you're a kid or, or a young person and you're, you're uh, on a big set and you're being treated so well, you know, obviously you want more of that, right? I mean, it's, sure. it's, it's yeah. work is yeah. fun. People are, are giving you respect and being nice to you, you know, um, uh, certainly wasn't very physically challenging. <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you miss that. But what I don't miss is, is, is the lifestyle. You know what I mean? The actor lifestyle mm-hmm. is tough unless you find a side gig where you make a bunch of money, like once in a while, somebody says, like, oh yeah, I just day trade. And then I, I make, a, you know, thousands a week doing that. And then I just go on auditions when I, like, that's pretty sure. rare. You know I mean? That's pretty Yeah,
1: that, That's different. That's comfortable. That means I don't have to worry about whether I'm exactly. going to make a big paycheck here. I've got money coming in. No. That I'd love take a lot to of live pressure like off. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take a lot of pressure off all of us. Yeah. At that's sure. how it No works. kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you touched a little bit there. I, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about, the main reason you're here, Josh, and we are the Give Me Back My Action Movie podcast. Right. And we did just do an episode about Beastmaster. Oh. And I've I've said it in our episode that uh, it is probably my all-time favorite childhood movie. Have you heard of that yeah. movie,
0: Josh? I'm have, have, sorry? You're, you're, you're versed in that movie, right? You've heard of Beastmaster? I've heard of it. Okay, good, good. All right. That'll but make this less awkward. I'm really only familiar with the original one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, did they not call you back for number two? Uh, they didn't call a lot of people back for number two, and number two, <laughs> I don't know if I would have wanted to be in number two or number three. I was gonna say, I think you might have
1: dodged a choice. I feel two. bad
2: for Mark Singer because I think those movies kind of kind of hurt him. And you see, here's an example. I think they a did. perfect example. Mark Singer, okay, Shakespearean Shakespeare actor, trained mm-hmm. England, mm-hmm. United States. He can do comedy. He can do drama. He looks great. He's funny. I mean, women lo- respond to him, right? Men like him never broke through as an A-list star. Right. I think he's way better That's than so a lot weird. of people uh, you know, that I see now. You know, Certainly Schwarzenegger or somebody who can, you know, has trouble speaking English even in a movie. Um, you know, it, it breaks my heart. Now, I don't know if he's unhappy or happy. He's a probably a happy guy because he goes to Comic-Cons. He's, he's treated like a, a yeah. superhero. But, uh, but he's a good actor. I don't know if you ever saw, uh, if you could see what I hear. Mm-hmm. that was a famous play that was made into a movie and he played the lead in that uh, about a blind oh, man. I'd, I'd have to look that up. Oh, I mean, man, I worth it. If we we know him. Singer, that was the performance of his well, lifetime.
1: We love Mark Singer. You know, we've grew up with him watching V we, well, you know, this obviously was... the Beastmaster movies, but that's what we were. That was Mark Singer. to that us. That was right? what we were that exposed was... to. Right. Well, I'm telling yeah. you,
2: look up if you could see what I hear. He was great. I'm and it's a great it a story. Note. It's I'm... a classic story. I mean, it's a Excellent. classic play.
0: So speaking of, of Mark Singer and and your time on Beastmaster, what was some of the, if you don't mind speaking about it, what were some of the things and maybe some of the people that you worked with there that, um, surprised you or you learned something real valuable from and then on the other side of the coin, what was some of the things from the shoot that you were just like, Oh no, not this again, or what have you.
2: Uh, I mean, happy to share these stories. Uh, John Alcott, Sir John Alcott, actually, he was knighted by the Queen, Ooh, uh, was, that's awesome. was the director it. of photography for the Beastmaster, which oh, is crazy. It, it, beautiful. Yes, that work is beautiful in that movie. He, I, I, Maybe you guys know this, maybe I don't know. He was Stanley Kubrick's director of photography. Really? No, I don't Orange. think I don't think
1: we dug that far into it. Did. We did talk about how well the movie looked, right? Well, you know, we dug into him. that.
2: It's because of him. They yeah. probably spent more money on him uh, than just about anybody, maybe even including Mark Singer. Um, he, did, wow. he did, he did, he uh, did Clockwork Orange. He did, he oh, did some oh, of the shoot. biggest Kubrick movies of all time. I mean, he's, no he, he wonder was, it looked the way it was, did. <laughs> He was the superstar on the set. Sure. I mean, it's, it's biggest star as biggest stars, Mark was John Alcott. He's deceased now. was an amazing guy, English guy, very, very kind. Humble guy. I'll tell you a quick story about John Alcott. So we were shooting uh, at MGM in one of the uh, on a soundstage in that big tunnel. I don't know if you remember that scene where the the guys yes. are crawling through the sides, right? And Mark, yeah, them, the, yeah, the the, 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 dun, the dungeon, dungeon part, yeah. beautiful set, very dark. And you know, um, John Alcott is of the school of eliminating light and then slowly adding it in to get a very dark, rich. You can tell. I mean, he knows he's doing. Sure. So right. he was shooting a hero close up of Mark in that tunnel. And I was, uh, I was watching him and he turned to his assistant and he said, get me the, the, the case. And it comes back with a Pelican case, like a briefcase looking thing, mm-hmm. opens it up like uh, like in Pulp Fiction, like the Holy Grail is in there. <laughs> and he's got like a dozen flashlights of different sizes and oh. brands. And it's uh, like, a, I mean, maybe 20 or 30, I don't know. It was, sure. it was amazing. It was like, it was like Robert right. De Niro in Brazil. He just opened this thing up all these tools and all these flashlights.
3: That's so he picks awesome. one out
2: and he says to the young camera girl, never forget this. He says, Are you done with your coffee? She says, "Yeah. Says, give me let me have your cup." Okay. And he takes her her styrofoam cup and he peels off just the bottom circle of the cup. Right. Throws away the rest. He takes a pin and he makes a little pinhole in that circle and he takes the circle and he tapes it to the flashlight he has selected for this shot. So he has this flashlight with just a little pinhole of light and when they would roll, he would just aim it right in Mark's eye. Now, he wasn't looking at the light. He was looking over there, so it was fine. Right. But it gave that extra little special, that, you know, special kick. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, He's the hero. Away. I, mean, I 12 years this... old, but I will never forget that. That was one of the most amazing things I had seen on That's set. That's crazy. I mean, that was art. I mean, that was like where, where yeah, you know.
0: Absolutely. That that makes me always think like uh, one of my other favorite movies is uh, like Indiana Jones, the original sure. uh, Indiana Jones. The Raider? shot where he turns, right? Yes, and he and he's leaving uh, Marion's bar, and he turns, and that shot of his where the eyes are dark, the rest of his face is is lit differently, and she he turns and he looks, and it's to me, it's a beautifully crafted iconic shot that. Every time I watch the movie, and I and and my youngest son's name is Henry because of Indiana Jones, wow. and my oldest is Han because of Star Wars. So <laughs> as as I watch Raiders, though, every time, and I love the movie, but that scene every time just gives me goosebumps on my arm, thinking about how beautiful that shot was crafted, and and that's what really made me my whole life go okay. Movies and films are are different, but a movie can be a film and and back and forth, you know, but it's, you're right. It's, it's the craftsmanship. It's the art. And for him to know, I need the temperature of that particular flashlight to do this, to do that. And he knew, he just knew what the reaction was going to be. That's brilliant.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, he was by far the most experienced person on that set. I mean, Don Coscarelli was 30 years old. You know, he had never directed yeah. a movie of that size, mm-hmm. not even. I and mean, he'll tell him he tells the story himself. I mean, he was very overwhelmed and uh, uh, they threatened to fire him, apparently. And it was John Alcott who stood up for young Don Coscarelli and said, if you fire him, I'm leaving. Oh, that's fantastic! it's a true story. Oh,
1: that that would have been the nail in the coffin for that movie. Right. Because-
2: and and what a mensch, you know, what, what a righteous guy to say that. Yeah, now, he didn't absolutely. know Don very well. They had called him on a lark to see if they could get him to shoot this movie. They thought, oh, we'll never get John Alcott. I and mean, he tells the story better than I do. But anyway, uh, sure enough, John Alcott was looking to move to California from England. Huh. And he saw the Beastmaster, he, Hollywood. He, he got a wonderful paycheck, and he moved his family out here. And it all lined he up He got for to him. know Don, and they became friends. And sure enough, when the shit hit the fan, uh, John stood up for the young director. It was pretty cool. Was that, pretty that's cool. awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, he was a And those guy. are
1: the stories we don't really get as you know, even as fans, you, we don't find this stuff out readily. And that's amazing. because I mean, that's one thing about this movie that love it or hate it, no one can ever say that this is a poorly shot movie no. or anything like that. It is yeah. gorgeous. Dan and I were going on about the movie for like 5 solid minutes wow. of it just look like where they shot all the the set, the temple scene Cause we were like, I'd hate to be a stunt guy on that temple. Bouncing especially the guy step. that falls, oh. <laughs> yeah. falls off the, I those watched those guys, your interviews. They lived for that though. They
2: loved it. I mean, they were, yeah. they are you know, they, <laughs> like, throw uh, me down. I'm good to yeah, go. <laughs> like, bring on the tiger. You know, those guys are crazy. <laughs>
1: And I know we're interviewing Josh, but I'm going to talk about an interview I was watching about you, where you were talking about the temple, and it made me laugh. Where he was like, "Mark Singer was just like, I hate these stupid little steps. I can't fit on these things." And you were over there going, "I fit fine and could run up and down the <laughs> thing. It was built for like it, they were nothing. Yeah, it was built for you <laughs> because the
2: steps were small, and, you know because that gave the illusion that it was that much bigger. Right? That was the idea. Right. Because these were all optical effects back
1: then. Oh and, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, yeah, Which but we he, you know, and he, he, he was he was running all. I mean, he was he was the, he was in his element. I mean, he really was a great leading man in that movie. And, I
0: it's one yeah. of those things. I can't imagine someone other than him doing that film either. Once you watch it, you just go that it's iconic. It's an iconic performance of that genre of that time. He and it. you he know, nailed. yeah, and you watch it, and you just go, oh holy crap and i hadn't watched it for a while since uh before we we did it for our episode and i'm watching it and i'm going oh okay yeah i remember this and i remember the ferrets obviously and i remember all the john amos i'm like holy you know i'm like wow i forgot he was even in it what was it like working with like him and and like rip i mean rip torn all this what was that like for you too john
2: amos you know there's a there's a famous expression that a lion doesn't have to say he's a lion right people know yeah yeah John Amos is a lion he, yeah. he is a lion of a man he is just he was like the rock on the set I mean for me <laughs> he was my mentor in the movie and he was my mentor on the set so it was he kind of became you know my uncle for 12 14 weeks there it was wonderful you know and uh we would laugh he would he would crack me up and try to get me to break during I mean he was he was funny <laughs> he really made the whole it would be freezing cold in the middle of the night but if John was there we were having a good time he he always seemed to have that presence coming through the screen. There's just nothing know? not to love about that guy. I mean, yeah. I, I hope to God I get to see him again before he he leaves us. He's older sure. now; he's in his eighties. You know, yeah, yeah, he's getting and, up there. Yeah, so it's kind of a uh, kind of on my list of, of things I'd really like to get done in the next year or two. Just I'd like That's to see awesome. him. That's awesome. I haven't seen him in a long, long time.
1: Well, I know you guys were basically co-stars because a lot of your scenes were together we were but together yeah a lot yeah. was he pretty much the one that took you under his wing for the
2: most he part did. of the well, movie he and mark t- both did actually they, they both uh, really i, so I mark used to, was I used to fence just... with mark and practice all the time with the little sword and he loved working out with me um and john though uh he was more of like a father figure you know my dad was around right. a lot my mom was around a lot and we had other people that were there to babysit me on the set and whatever or, you know mm-hmm. um but, you know, John always looked out for me. I always felt like he he he, uh, he felt res- we, maybe it was part of his acting, you know, as part of his character was that he was responsible for my safety. So maybe he I was just getting right on. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing, but is, he certainly you know, he was feel, he made me feel like we knew each other our whole lives. I mean, that, that was no- yeah, he,
1: he he plays a protector in the movie, right. but it comes across. So my guess is it was probably not very hard for him where he's going to be like, this kid's in a new environment. This kid's in an element that he's probably not used to. And I am and use that to make that character even more to me, powerful. I mean, we, we, we talked about John Amos yeah. on there. He's incredible. And yeah, I, I love, I love the interactions between you two. My favorite thing is like whenever you guys first turn around and get like, Oh, you, I got a story you see for you Mark there. Singer. I think, you know, yeah.
2: um, I got a story for you there.
1: Go you for got, it. That yeah, moment
2: no. that you just brought up, or I'm pretty sure is the one you're bringing up where we, Turn the staffs in the unison. Yes! yes. That was yes, the yes. one I was gonna that say. That was that was my improvisational contribution to the film. That very was very cool. Was, really? That was my moment. Uh I was just standing there. I'm like, guys, I'm just standing here, you know? And so uh cameras rolled, John started to turn. I just did it with him It was a one-take deal. Uh, Don Coscarelli oh. jumped out of his chair. He said, "Oh, Josh, that was great. I love that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that was one of my. Uh, that probably was a moment that inspired me to get want to work behind the camera because I just saw how excited he was that somebody, right, some kid, brought something to the scene that he never even thought about. You know what I mean? And, and that that's that's, that's, that's collaborative that cooperation art. You know that that's, that's great. As a
1: ki- yeah, as a kid watching this, you're you're and what you said. If you had done nothing." You would have been more the tag along character that he's you're always behind him. Right. But in watching it, you were like, oh, he's teaching this kid. This right. kid is. And I wish they had explored that own. more
2: in the movie. I wish they yeah, had. I, yeah, yeah, it was
0: it was it went from he's a uh, the, the the stray waif that needs to be protected and brought back so he can rule the kingdom to no, this kid can actually kick your ass, too, if he needs to. And protect himself to an extent, even though he's got a protector, he's not a weakling. You know, those kind of things, I think, really helped that character and show that, you know, he was the son of a king.
2: He, you know, he could take his place type of thing. Well, to to their credit, they had me do a lot of fencing. A lot of really. I was going to ask you what kind of
0: preparations for this.
2: And uh, I'm I'm blanking on his name, Victor something, I think. But he was a very famous uh, fight choreographer.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. I think he'd even mm-hmm.
2: gone back to like the Errol Flynn days or something. He was wow. an older guy then. Oh, so I wow, mean, holy crap. he yeah, choreographed yeah. all those fights and uh, he taught me uh, the basics, you know, the seven parries and how to thrust. And, and we had certain uh, exercises we would do and certain rhythms. And he worked me out a lot. And then Mark would work me out too. And and unfortunately, you know, at the end in the pyramid scene, they show like two quick shots of me fighting. Yeah. But, you know, the, I think because of the situation, we were on the steps, they didn't want to choreograph, you know, anything too crazy sure. um but you kind of get that yeah again it was the kind of thing where i was there i wanted to participate more so uh i think they you know they wanted me fighting on the steps but they didn't think i was gonna really like be as fluid as i was i mean i was just so excited you know i, I was sure you were, you were a kid playing
0: uh, sword and sorcery games yeah. in front of a camera, Fantasy, basically. Right? Yeah. I, I, I'm and, and, watching and that's Beastmaster at 12. Right. You yeah. know, I am your age in that
1: movie, watching this movie. And we might as well tell Josh the one thing that's hilarious about me and you watching Beastmaster. Yeah. While he was on set and got to experience this in the absolute most uncut way, Dan and I had n- neither one of us seen this movie uncut till we were both forty. Yes, oh, because wow. we only ever watched it on TBS. And you just the Beastmaster yeah, station. You just yeah. tune in and you get different pieces of it. Yeah, it, because I've seen the movie countless times on TBS. So you know, I've never had to like go buy it because it's just always been the movie I've I know by heart.
2: Got a lot and of we're earbuds. both
1: watching it and we're messaging each other going, do you remember this many boobs? I'm like, nope, <laughs> I don't remember this <laughs> many boobs. <laughs> Boob master.
0: What was this? Whatever
1: hey, yeah. gets them in the seats, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But I, I I thought it was kind of funny to share with you that we have a little great. story. That's great. That you, you got to experience it live, although I'm sure that maybe they shielded you a little bit for some of those scenes. Well,
2: but. anything with nudity, they clear the set. You know, I mean, that, did they? Okay, they know yeah. The, yeah, that makes sense. Just to yeah. make it
0: more comfortable for all the performers right.
1: and But, uh, but yeah. speaking so of nudity,
2: I, I'll tell a quick story. I, I have told this before, but you guys indulge me for a second. Um, so when I was in, I, you know, I was given this lovely trailer to do my schoolwork in and to hang out in between shots and stuff. And I remember, uh, you know, they'd bring your costume in that you were going to need to wear that day. And that, that day, uh, it was toward the end of the shoot, they brought me that little loincloth. Mm-hmm. And I said, no. I said, I'm not wearing that. No way. I said, no. I said, that, where's the rest of this thing? You know? No. <laughs> and my dad was with me that day. And he looked kind of panicked, like, Josh, you got to wear this, man. <laughs> I'm like, right, I'm right, not wearing right, that yeah. on the screen. And I was pretty in good shape for a 12-year-old, but I'm like, no. <laughs> and so my dad was like, Josh, you have, you signed a contract. We got You got to wear this. I'm I'm not wearing this is I'm taking my stand in Hollywood right now. I'm not wearing that on screen. So my dad's I'll be right back. I'll be right back. So he leaves and I'm in there, you know. And uh, so less than 10 minutes later, in comes my dad, in comes Mark Singer, in comes John Amos, and they all talked to me and said, "Josh, we're all together. We're making this ridiculous movie." I'm wearing this leather S&M costume. Mark's <laughs> yeah. naked half the time with a purse, you know, and and fringe. He said, "Come on, Josh, this is this is acting. We're we're, we're going to go make a movie now." And I was like, "Okay, yeah. <laughs> you guys, I'm not going to say no to you guys." You know, right. I would have said no to right. the director but, or the costume lady, but but my dad—that yeah. was a brilliant move. I mean, he he figured out just what to do, you know. But he was a theater guy. And the connections
0: you had with Mark and John at that point knew. made you go. All right. Yeah. Of course. Okay. You know, yeah. your dad knew that you needed that level of connection That's and comfort. Right. That's brilliant on your father's part. He, to, yeah. To he was, that was, that. That was yeah. a good
2: move because I was pissed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, uh, why did Beastmaster end with the, the prince not being
2: there? What happened
0: to this? You know, that was the
2: one thing that got me teased more than anything with that movie. But, you know, boo hoo, right? Well, <laughs> back in the day, I mean, come on, yeah. K- kids were cruel
1: anyway. But like you said, you weren't the only one without a whole lot of clothes on. That's right. You <laughs> know, yes. and, and and, and hardly anyone's wearing any clothes. And now it's just funny. I mean, you know, I'm not. It, new, it is obviously. You know, it's, it's no, it's no, no, no. I mean, that that definitely. And it look, I wanted to look up real quick. The the sword guy was
2: Victor and Salmo. Well, um, that's the guy who made the sword.
1: Now, oh, he oh the okay. Sword.
2: You know, he he and his son and I have become friends, and he lives in Florida. We couldn't be more different, okay? I'm this you know, California hippie, and he's the part. <laughs> but um, we've, we've, we've struck up a nice friendship, and uh, his dad was a real character. I mean, I, I don't want to speak too much out of turn, but, I mean, he was like a gangster yeah. knife maker. He was a really, really interesting guy. who got in a lot of fights, and I think he was in prison at one point. Anyway, so he made that beautiful sword for Beastmaster, mm-hmm. and I don't think he'd ever made a sword before. I don't even, I'm not even sure how they connected, but... John would love to tell you the story. But um anyway, he made this beautiful sword. Uh the sword disappeared. That's a whole other story. That the sword, that's a big mystery of the Beastmaster. Where's the sword? Mark Singer was promised that sword. Uh the last yeah. day of filming, somebody said, Can I borrow this? We need some insert shots. He said, I knew I shouldn't have said yes. And it disappeared. I did, and I never oh. got the sword back. Now there's oh. all kinds of rumors that the executive oh, producer man. has it, or and there's, all, there's all anyway, but I'm gonna uh, shoot. Uh anyway. Long story short, I'll show you later. Um, yeah, that's fine. Victor's son, John, uh, makes new Beastmaster swords. And they're beautiful. Really, They're beautiful. Uh, John, uh, AnselmoKnives.com. I'm going to give him a, a little plug because he's yeah, a great sure. Hey. And he's a master swords maker now himself and knife maker. He has some beautiful knives on there if you guys are into hunting knives and bowies and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We love um, anything sharp. We're, we're, we're down with you, it. You would like John a lot. I think you guys would get along. <laughs> so, um, uh, anyway... He said he found me and he said, hey, Josh, you know, uh, this is who I am. We we start a conversation. He said, would you be willing to do a little video? You know, I'll give you a sword. And, you know, I I had dreamt of having the Beastmaster sword since I was 12. I mean, you know what I mean? What kid didn't? (laughs) And and there was no way I was going to spend two to four thousand dollars on a sword as much as I wanted it and loved it. You know, I figured I'm not doing that. Um, So sure enough, he sent me I have it on the wall in there. It's beautiful. I'll show you. It's, it's nicer than the original sword, in his opinion, in many ways. <laughs> sure, it, It's sure. totally oh, okay. combat-worthy. I mean, I had to have it dulled because, you know, when people came over, they wanted to hold sharp. it and take pictures and stuff. And it, this thing was – it could cut you. I mean, it was really razor-sharp when I got it. So oh I, I took it to a famous swordsmith here in L.A. named Tony Swatton, who's done every big sword movie ever. He dulled it down for me, and and you know he he's a beastmaster. Took care of it. Yeah, I, I love his work. Yeah, that, and, okay. Uh, I
1: was starting to feel bad that I found the wrong name, but I just got no no information that you have the sword. I love that. And I know because John,
2: John and Selma would love to talk to you guys. If you ever want to hear some really wild and crazy weapon stories, about yes, his
0: dad,
1: absolutely. Yeah, Heck yeah, touch with John. but he's great. We uh we did talk about the sword obviously in the movie because as our generation, swords were huge. Conan's sword, He-Man's sword, everything I love and how they were able to make the Beastmaster sword so different and still iconic to that movie. You know, yeah. it looks yeah. different than almost any sword it you does. saw on movies. And I wish um, I could I love more, that.
2: more eloquently about the sword, but uh, uh, I'd love to leave that to John because he, he will yeah. tell you so many amazing stories about that sword. Oh uh, that that yeah. I yeah, the, the info most, over. You know, swords ever on the screen by a lot, a lot of, sword folks really appreciate that sword now i i, I, I have a that's... question
0: now if okay so the sword was missing and we always hear people taking things from from the, the sets from the shots right. uh, the movies um did you get anything
2: from beastmaster i should have taken all kinds of stuff you know <laughs> but i was so yeah. nervous because you know i didn't want to get you know blacklisted in in Hollywood, sure, or sure, yeah. and, the, and the prop people you know i think they wanted to keep a lot of that stuff so sure. well, the short answer is no. I didn't take any props. or I wasn't given any props. Right. Um, now here's here's my sad story. Uh, we were all given, all the actors and the principal crew folks were given these beautiful brass belt buckles that said uh-huh. the Beastmaster, and it had a little inscription okay. on the back. I held on to that since I was twelve. I have no idea where it went. It breaks my heart. Oh no. And, and you know, even Mark Singer, when he saw me last, he said, you still got that belt buckle. And I just kind of nodded, you know, but I didn't, I did like hey, the story, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but, little uh,
1: box. I have, know. I have some
2: fun behind the scene pictures and, you know, now a lot of these, uh, movies, you know, these little behind the scenes, height, uh, height, uh, eight millimeter movies came out, you know, with the new blu-ray. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the new blu-ray, but it's, it's
1: pretty awesome. I, I, it's on my list to get, um, now that we're doing a podcast about movies, uh, my list of movies i have to get now is getting longer and longer you gotta, I gotta show you. Uh, you, yeah cool. go
2: ahead um look now these guys I wish they'd given me more copies but they did a beautiful thing i mean they made a box set oh wow Ooh, um that artwork is insane the artwork's great and i'll tell you another crazy story about the artwork in a minute but um oh, that's awesome. and look it, it opens up i mean it's it's really beautiful there's a book in here a little booklet
1: well, that's getting moved up on my list. Yeah, I mean, they, they did
2: a really nice job. I mean, I got to say, they did a really nice job. They interviewed all of us. A couple stories you've already heard, but like, you know, they, they that's did a, good a job. hell of a nice. I got to give it up to them. I yeah. mean, you know, oh.
0: seeing that packaging though, it makes me ask the ring, There's the the, the eyeball ring. Now I see that in the packaging. Yeah. How much of the uh, how much of it was practical I mean did was it 100% practical and they had wiring I'm assuming to move the eye around all oh, a fishing line yeah was how was that, how was that to, would you wearing it during those principal shots or was it someone else doing the hand modeling that for mean, that kind of stuff? But
2: they, they had they had a few different rings right mm-hmm. one that didn't open that I would just wear for regular sure, shots. Yeah. Right? and then they had the, the special one that they would shoot and uh, they would have my hand very still and um, and i guess there were three fishing wires one would open the eyelid right mm-hmm. so it would open up sure and then one would pull the eyeball to the right and one would pull the eyeball to the left <laughs> and it was, it was yeah. puppetry it was 100 you know yeah. practical puppetry you know, you no know i I,
0: I appreciate all the digital wizards that are out there and all the mm-hmm. stuff that we i mean you know seeing your collection you're kind of a a, a comic an action fan and stuff. So to be able to see the Avengers assemble finally and all this stuff after all these years, fantastic. Absolutely love it and and a big fan of it. But where I think uh, a lot of movies have kind of lost its soul is in practical effects. So when you get to see practical and then the digital wizardry meld together perfectly, that to me is, is beautiful. But to be able to see a practical effect that still works 100% and it
2: still holds up like that. Eyeball. It still holds up. Yeah. You know, not bad. And things like oh, that. Yeah. It,
0: it's fantastic.
2: Now the shot of, uh, of the Eagle flying off with the, with the baby doesn't hold up as well. No,
0: no, <laughs> that was a, weird. that
2: was a little off. <laughs> and, and you know, you know, it's interesting. I mean, Don Costarelli tells this story. He was very unhappy with the way the movie came together. The director, really? very unhappy. He was okay. locked out of the editing room. He, he tells us all these stories on the, on the, all over the place. But anyway, uh, he wanted to make a much darker film. He wanted that really you know, horror guy. So he wasn't looking to make a, a family-friendly sword and sorcery movie. He had a, he was an edgy guy. You know, he wanted to make it the witches, you know, with the masks and the bodies and yeah. The, yeah. the tree people. And the, you know, he was all oh, they freaking. He the you know? So uh, he's he's very honored that the movie uh, was, you know, became a cult classic or whatever you want you know some people sure. really love the movie oh it's a classic he said sure. it's, yeah. it's a big conflict internally for him because he was it was such a painful process he, he should watch his interview sometime on the, yeah absolutely. on that, on that, that, that he tell i'm telling his stories for him i shouldn't do that but we're here no it's and he's it, not, it's, so. it's it's fine no yeah we're, this is us he's a good you're guy he wouldn't it mind. From... I would mind i wouldn't he's a, you know I, I have nothing but respect for don so i, I don't right. and you know and, and
0: um i do have one question i always wondered after watching beastmaster and maybe you can answer this question. Uh, The tree people, the winged bat people, whatever the the hell they were supposed to be called, um, when they would uh, encapsulate people and turn them into goo, was it, what what the hell was that supposed to be?
2: (laughs) Oh, well, I think the idea was they would ensnarl people in their wings and kind of just either regurgitate acid onto them maybe or something, and then when they would open up, all their bones and guts it,
0: it always really reminded me of almost like uh speaking of the old uh like old school toys the uh the uh he-man the slime thing yeah. like the hordak slime yeah thing. it kind of always reminded me of that i'm going what are they doing
2: to them and i wasn't in that <laughs> yeah. thing but i actually did visit the set i was there that day watching yeah, yeah. some of that and those guys were all seven feet and above it was and, and apparently creepy. there's a special agency for for tall people like that because there are scenes you know where they need a group of them right sure uh, right and they were the nicest guys but I mean that was a dark eerie set that oh, yeah. I mean, was a kid I was like wow I mean they built that crazy tree and the guy's yeah. head in the soup I was like ah yeah. <laughs> I, I I now yeah. see now knowing that was Don Coscarelli at his finest there That's now knowing that Beastmaster might have been that
0: mo- a lot more of that vibe that's what he wanted oh i wish he could get a
2: recut of it then and and well, it'd be a different movie i think I, I mean, it would, would be a different be. movie i think he wants to remake it now that, yeah I okay mean, I, a lot I, of rumors yeah. about about okay, remaking yeah. the movie again we'll um, see i mean I, I, <laughs> risky, it right? depends on yeah <laughs> uh,
1: i'm not sold on remakes yeah. all the time well, if, don Sometimes, did,
2: if don got to do it his way then maybe i think an original be happy, right yeah right but i mean
1: I look at it like this too. Is I look at Beastmaster now, going, this was PG back in the day. Yeah, this yeah. thing's brutal. And, like you said, boobs. it's uh, super dark, and it, even with the boobs, but that whole, the winged people is a horror scene. Right, the dungeon is a horror scene. You know,
2: the 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 cauldron that with had the body parts float back yeah, up yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Oh fire in my there. God. Yeah, yeah. And children yeah, thrown I mean, in the it's... fire. You know, the that oh, little yeah, girl that was thrown in the fire. That was the executive producer's daughter. <laughs> so <laughs> that was her yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nice, was nice. The, uh, Welcome to acting, uh, honey. Yeah, thrown yeah. into the fire. God, she's, in she's probably almost my age now. It's crazy. Um, the, the only other question, I guess, I, that I would, was thinking
0: about before we got to, to do this with you today is Did you have a lot of interaction or any interaction with the animals? the animal trainers how did that
2: all i did for you i did all right uh, this is a funny story so when i got the part i was so thrilled right and they sent over the script and i'm reading the script with my parents and there was a scene where i'm riding the tiger like a horse okay and i'm like okay awesome how are we gonna do this my parents are like you're not riding any tiger man <laughs> Uh, well, damn! How are we going to do this? You know. So sure enough, they had to make all kinds of accommodations because even they didn't realize what they were getting into with a kid. I mean, nowadays, sure. obviously, you could do it a million different ways. Um, yeah. Uh, I had a set teacher named Linda, who drove them crazy. She was she was a wonderful teacher. I got good grades. I learned my core subjects through her for 14 weeks. Um, but the other part of her job was to protect my safety, and um, she drove them crazy. I mean. There are shots of me near the tiger, but uh-huh. um, oh. often the tiger uh, has, is, is chained down. You can't see. He has like a collar on and he's chained down. Right. And there are guys under the soundstage holding the chain down. Okay. Oh, and geez. then there'd be another animal trainer with a rifle right there. God forbid. Case, right. Sure. To put down the animal. Right. Um, they use plexiglass in a couple shots okay. uh, to separate me from the tiger. Yeah. um I lo- they let me play with the ferrets the ferrets are cool i get to hang out with the ferrets. Well,
1: there's a whole scene where you get to hold them yeah ferrets i mean they have when he hands them, them to
2: you. you know a couple of them were pretty i heard that like, some of them were really pretty many. some of them could do really cool things you know but weren't <laughs> as pretty up close maybe right, yeah, yeah. They, they kept swapping them out for different stuff which is pretty cool the eagle okay I so i didn't i didn't really interact with the eagle much i think i think i, I definitely saw it you know it was around sure but i didn't have sure. any did they did they drop it from the hot air balloon that's what I wanted. I am I never heard that story. Was that what they said?
1: Yeah, there is, uh, there's <laughs> quite a few things one. about it because it wouldn't fly on command. And so there was some where they had, I don't want to say it was like a huge hot air balloon, but that had a trap door that they would drop it and it would take off flying for the yeah, shot. I think that's so, on IMDB as one of the trivia. Yeah, yeah it's like urban think, myth to me. There's a yeah. couple. I don't it even think they have the money know, to
2: do that. I mean, that's my thought. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, that I know there's some aerial shots, but I don't think so. Okay. Those animals were really well-trained. I mean, look by today's standards, you know, it was probably a little loosey goosey, you know, honestly, yeah, just sure. they cracked down on, on, a lot of animals animals.
1: It it also, could That's have been reason. something filmed later too, like not with everyone around. I mean, it could have been. Well, it's possible. Shots. It's totally possible. Uh, they so shot all kinds. We're not here to, to debunk it. I just figured, <laughs> hey, I got
2: someone that was on set. I want to ask this like, question. What, what, I'm just trying to think, like, what shot would they have needed to do that for? Even like,
1: there was a couple of where it was just straight up like aerial shots of the the eagle or the hawk or whatever that was actually flying in the sky depicted as yeah. flying in the sky there's actually some hmm. aerial camera work well, that i was also going yeah, yeah like was it a helicopter yeah. was it there were no drones, that was you know what i
2: mean there were no drones uh, there. well
1: I, yeah i kind of figured that the helicopter but you know it was just some interesting ways to work you know you don't know this that's how like these rumors in hollywood
2: always start. yeah you know? i mean you it's possible. And who knows where it goes it's possible uh, we're not
1: here to debunk it i just wanted to ask you i mean they had, a, you they had tr-
2: tr- they had the tragedy with the tiger i think you've probably that's a true story i mean they is it that? they 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 used uh streaks and tips which is a like mm-hmm. an aerosol spray can sure i mean they must have cases of this stuff okay and they uh, would yeah, spray that thinking. tiger black. I mean, this was, is this was the worst decision they ever made, I think, in that film, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And the tiger died. I mean, it was it was just it was toxic. You know, he just Oh, yeah. There was nobody. Well, and they around. kept
1: spraying its mouth because every time it would take a drink of water, I read that it would wash some of it away. Because yeah. exactly. there's actually some shots in the movie that you can see that. But it was one of the things, I think, that I mean, would it, would it have been so dawned. horrible
2: to have a striped tiger? Like, would that have... That's what I always don't think thought. so. I mean, I get yeah. that the panther thing looks cool. Somebody was at the end, same
0: that. time, just put a tiger in there.
2: But Tigers it's a tiger are cool. in Tigers the sequels.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: it's no longer yeah. black in the sequels. So it's well, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why did it matter? Well, I get now why, but, you know, it still worked. You yeah, know, it still great. Was... I wish everyone out there could see,
0: see Josh's face and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is
1: one of those times we wish we had a YouTube That's show. Good. That's then... good. <laughs> That's real good. I, I, I'm I still, like, on. picturing, like, Josh going, I get to be He-Man riding Battle Cat in this movie. That's exactly what I want to do. And then he's denied by his parents.
2: Yeah, I know.
1: Today. Uh, I think my dad would have been like, hell yeah, throw him Go on, on now, my tiger. God. He's going to have a
0: blast. Your dad would have done that for sure. So, you know. That's funny. That's funny. Um, I, I can't think of anything else uh, Beastmaster-wise, I guess. Um, no, let's talk a little bit about
2: Josh-wise. Yeah, what you, what's what going on? Uh, what are you working on? What's happening? Uh, well, uh, because of COVID. That I, you can talk about. I no, don't know. I Maybe it's something I haven't signed any NBAs or anything. Nothing that big going on. Um, I was working for a corporate media company for a couple years, uh, which we moved uh, out into Porter Ranch, California, which is a beautiful spot. I'm so happy here. Um, but with COVID, that place shut down, so that was a bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was kind of back to uh, freelancing again in television. So for the last couple years, uh, I've been working on shows like Masters of Illusion, um, World's Funniest Animals. Uh, a World Series of Poker, Poker After Dark, um, and now I I just uh, finished the pilot for At Home with Tori Spelling. Back oh, to the '80s. Okay, she's being a yeah. mom, cooking, and being goofy, and her silly friends are you know giving her a hard time, and uh, we'll see if that goes anywhere. That'll be great. I would love to work on that show for a year or two. What um, kind of work but, are oh, you yeah. What
0: kind of work are you doing with those now? Editing or
2: post? I, or? I just edited the pilot for them. Okay. Um, they fired their director, which is a whole other story i don't know any details about it's so, a spelling so i'm not surprised well i mean my, you know, my fear is i'm next you know they don't i mean i literally turned in my first cut on friday so oh, geez. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> i know okay. i know now here's i'm picture. sorry josh i didn't <laughs> no no it's all good my, the, 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 the young woman i'm working with in canada who's my story producer she's 25 this is she's completely new <laughs> to this okay but, wow but you know, you know, I, I thought oh god it's gonna be a nightmare but she's been great you know she's so enthusiastic uh-huh. It's kind of got, got me kind of positive. Well, that, you know, that youthful that she hasn't had life beer down now just
0: yet. So you still got that youthful <laughs> zeal. Yeah. That I don't helps. want to make
2: sure all all like a curmudgeon like I am. I'm giving you You're guys a right. You know, all know, coffee we're coffee all, guys look, are seeing me in a good mood. Look at all the um, gray we got all of us here. It's, oh, yeah, it's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That but, happens. You know, she, she's thrilled with it. Now, if she can get her people on board, right. I think I'll be in good shape. And, you know, it's a right, good right. job. I, I, I can work at home. I'm on the pinball machine you know it's i make my own hours now as
0: someone who's done editing in the past myself video editing and things uh an editing nerd question what do you like to use what suites do you like to use what's uh
2: um my cousin todd fuhrman who's retired now was a pretty big tv editor Uh and when i was getting out of uh college I was working in production, which was very grueling. You know, you'd be there before the sun rises. You'd be there till the sun sets. And especially at the lower levels, it's very, very grueling. Uh, But I learned a lot. Learned a lot more than I ever learned in film school. But anyway, um, he called me up, woke me up out of bed one day. I wasn't working. And he said, Josh, there's this new thing coming. It's called the Avid. You love computers. I don't know anything about computers. Help me make this transition, basically. That was mm-hmm. his way of kind of giving me, not necessarily a job, but almost an apprenticeship, which was kind sure. of common okay. in post production. Hey, yeah. So uh, he bought an Avid. This was back when it first came out. He said Is that when it was, was the 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 video toaster. No, this was, was media composer. But media, um, okay, okay. I can tell you stories. I mean, I worked on Division and all that, but that but that oh, was geez. just for for short sure. films and and festival stuff. So uh, he had me come in we basically learned the Avid together. Um, he, you know, ran with it for 20 years after that, at least. Uh, I learned to be an editor's assistant from him. I was his assistant on the Avid uh, for a lot of like miniseries, like Attila, the Hun, the last dawn, the beast. Ironically, the beast was a, a big octopus movie <laughs> um, and a TV movie. Nice. And uh, uh, so anyway, that, that, that's how I learned the Avid, but these days I bounce between Premiere and Avid. Okay. Yeah, I, I was so not a long know, answer to your question, sorry, but uh, No, no, it's
0: great. Uh, no, you're I, fine. You know, I I was taught very basics on both of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always leaned towards the Adobe side of things. I just I liked their integration of all their other suites that you can mm-hmm. You can do anything and everything with them, you know, essentially. So it was always kind of fun. You know,
2: it's like, it's like, uh, you know, some people like Fenders, some people like Gibson, sure. yep. you know, some people it's like. It's a preference Wade, thing. My, like my cousin things, but...
0: now he teaches yeah. uh, editing. Same results, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a cousin that teaches editing now um for, through the uh, San Francisco Institute of Art. And nice. uh he still every once in a while he'll be like, you remember Avid? And I'll be like, yeah, I remember Avid. And he's like. I hate it. <laughs> it's still used a lot. I mean, oh, I don't yeah. hate it. Very very much but, you know, so, yeah. There, there's
2: ups and downs to both. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm oh, doing this show on Premiere. Okay. Just because I did my last show on Premiere. I thought it would just be an easier transition. They asked me what my preference was. I said, I don't have it's one. It's all but...
0: about knowing the shortcuts and the key buttons. And, yeah, and I'm terrible Once you Once you get the interface down and you know how it all works, they both pretty much do the same thing, yeah.
2: The younger editors we'll I work with barely touch the keyboard. Actually, Todd barely, t- I mean, barely touch the mouse, Todd barely touched the mouse. He was big on the keyboard shortcuts. You know, I yeah. grew up with a mouse, so I'm yeah. pretty adept with a mouse. I've used a touchpad for editing. I've tried the mouse. I've tried the pen, um, sure. which is kind of cool, actually. A lot of guys like the pen. Um, but, you know, for me, it's a, it's just a very visceral thing. I mean, I'm, I'm moving my hands around and I, I don't mind that. You know, some guys it might be a little right. faster with the keyboard, but I've done live TV. You know, I've done, I've had to turn around, you know, little, two-minute biographies on people fast you know sure it's just what you like and what you're used to i'm standing up now for the first time editing in 20 years or 18 okay and i love it i love it doing my best work standing up well i can see like
0: like you said using your hands and stuff you're actually you feel a little bit more textile creating something like i remember doing and Charlie, you can attest to this doing some drafting early drafting stuff back in high school and stuff and using pens and pencils and the rulers and everything. And then they go, okay, here's CAD. And I go, I'm out. It wasn't nearly as fun to do it without, you know, that feeling of a pencil across the paper. So I can see what you're saying as far as just moving the mouse. And the the other thing I do, which
2: uh, every few hours, I switch hands with the mouse. Oh, Okay. And they say that does activate the other side of your brain and causes you to be, you know, it forces you to think a little differently, which is supposed to be not just good for your work, but good for your brain too. So it's helped me become a little ambidextrous. I mean, I'm pretty equally adept with either hand on the mouse. Oh, well, that's awesome. But I'm a a lefty by nature. Yeah. uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that doesn't work for me in woodworking though. Oh, yeah. you don't take your one, finger off. One. No, no, no. no.
0: <laughs>
2: Do whatever safe. I didn't
0: need that finger anymore. Yeah, yo, I'll get it's a call fine. from Charlie going, remember uh, when Josh said switch brains, that son of uh, a I was like, oh
2: no. <laughs> uh, there's no there's no undo in woodworking. No... <laughs> no, yeah. no 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 no
1: controls. But no, Charlie. it's funny. You know, Dan says that I, I find I tried multiple co- you know, like computer programs to draw like cabinet layouts or a piece of woodwork. And in my brain, I see it and I try to put that picture on the computer and I'm like, screw this. I go get a piece of paper and I can draw it out. Yeah. No, we're old. I swear almost as fast. Yeah. As, yeah. I know. We're old, <laughs> but I'm like, and I, yep. but I've also handed that to people, you know, or in an email sure. and they're like, did you draw that? I'm like, yeah, there you go I drew it. It's not a computer program. And I almost kind of think that's a nice little touch anymore where they're like this guy actually took the time to yes, draw 100% it, not just
3: if i met with dragon yeah wow
2: he he actually drew this he probably knows what he's doing with the wood too <laughs> whereas with the computer so, program you know you don't know who absolutely. Could have done that, who they'll
3: have never done know so
0: what do you okay so you're doing your editing and stuff now you still you said you still live out in california. in california i have a wife and a son wife and a son and everything and so what do you do when you're not editing
2: what's what you said pinball right. uh well i i'm i'm a classic gamer nerd i love pinball i love I have another arcade cabinet over there that plays thousands of games on it. Um, Nice. I play music. I play the piano. I play guitar. I play ukulele. I sing. love all that. Uh, I used to play a lot of basketball, even though I'm a short Jewish guy. But uh, (laughs) now these days, days I play more tennis. I played tennis yesterday. I love tennis. Um, it's hard to believe a, a
0: short Jewish guy was in Hollywood, but I'll, I'll go with it. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, we, we've had a good run. <laughs> I think it's almost over.
2: <laughs> yeah, it worked out okay. I guess it worked <laughs> out. Know, okay. Nothing lasts forever, oh. right? Yeah, so sure. Um, yeah, that's it. uh What else do I like to do? Uh, we, you know, we have some mountains. So we do some hiking. My son and I do some hiking and biking up here. We love okay. that. That's awesome. Um, you know, I'm I mostly focused on being the dad. You know, my son is 16, awesome. so pretty much whatever he wants to do, uh, I, I try to be down for. Uh, I only have maybe a few more years left with him, right, like this. Yeah. Um, is he driving yet? No, you know, it's interesting. This generation, at least out here, they're not as in a rush to get their licenses. I, was. I wasn't either. I was either, counting actually. down the days, you know. And uh, guys... Mine's
1: counting down the days because at 15 and a half, he can get his learners, and right. that's in March. Yep. Okay. Well, so you know, he's I'm already really like excited
2: about it yeah, yeah that he's
1: like dad when can we do it and i have multiple vehicles my dad's a mechanic we have all kinds of stuff nice. and he loves getting in the the one and just drive it around the driveway you know he he's ready in his mind and i'm sitting there going jesus christ yeah I'm, it's scary I, i'm not i don't know if i'm ready for I mean, this you know what it costs it all
2: to all insure a teenager out here i don't know what it costs don't tell here it's like yeah. 500 a month just to just to, to oh, insure a teenager wow. Yeah. Ouch. I mean, that's like oh. a Mercedes payment right there. <laughs> yeah. Know, right. No, I'm, nice. good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good with that. So if that's my son's good. not in a
1: hurry, I'm not going to rush him. <laughs> can, I'll he, do what my parents did. It's like you're getting a job. So I, I uh, fried fish at Long John's to pay for go. my car insurance when I was 16.
2: Right. And so, those days, you, know. you could you could you could support a car working at, at yeah Long John's. You absolutely so would, could. Yeah, I don't think you could do that really. You know, not that, out here. It, no, no, yeah, it's
0: fantastic with all the stories you've shared and all the things you've got to. Um, experience all the adventures fatherhood is is the most challenging and the most rewarding and absolutely the most fun in my 100%. 100%. opinion i would I was would left think. out terrifying oh yeah terrifying. no it scares the hell out of you daily
1: and it's not like i get one done and i'm like i'm ready for the next one because <laughs> my oldest is my son the next oldest is my daughter and i'm like i have no idea what to do now I look at my wife all the time going, that's on you. A daughter, I got, I got.
2: A daughter would make me very nervous. I, would, I, would, yes. I, I think, uh, you know, the universe or God or whatever you say, you know, only gives you what you can handle. Right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's what they, yeah. that's what yeah. they tell us. That's yeah. It. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's true. But in, in my case with kids, I think it was true. I think I think for me, you know, I was an only child. Uh huh. Um, so the idea wasn't it didn't have any kind of negativity around it. Uh, My wife, however, is Latin. And so her families are very large on her side of the family. Ah, Very different for her and to explain that. Um, But I knew for me uh, and my uh, bandwidth, one was great. (laughs) Just perfect. He's my best (laughs) friend. I love him. He's, he's been a really good kid for 16 years. Like no complaints. That's never been in jail. He's never been in rehab. He's never gotten a girl pregnant you know, he does his schoolwork. So I, no complaints. Um, You're winning, but do I do it winning. again and again? Like you guys, I don't know that, that, yeah, that that's brave. You know, yeah, uh, I don't know. I brave feel like I stupidity. Doubt a there's a, I there's feel a like fine I line doubt. between <laughs> brave and stupidity, Josh. I, well, fair enough. Now, I mean, you know, I, I, I do, I do feel bad that, you know, he doesn't have siblings because I, my parents are getting older and yeah. you know, a lot of that falls on me and that's, uh, that's the yeah yeah, but you know what I don't yeah. even like my siblings, so it's okay. Oh, um, you, <laughs>
0: you you were talking earlier about how you grew up watching classic film and, and going through film school. You have to write why, what was Rosebud? Why was right. it? You know all these things.
2: What is what is your what's your favorite movie? Wow. Do you have a favorite. Well, I mean. Yeah, I have. I don't think I have one favorite movie. Right. And yeah. Let's just take Beastmaster off the table for a second. Sure. Um, yeah, Beastmaster's off the table.
1: You're too too much uh, in close to that. Yeah,
2: part. and it, honestly, I mean, as much as I love it, it's not my favorite film of all time. Um, I guess in the actions, sci-fi, fantasy yeah. realm, yeah, please. My favorite movie yeah. is a really silly one, which is Buckaroo Banzai. oh. oh. I could watch yes. that movie oh. once a year, yes. twice a year, easily, and I probably do. Okay. Now, most people won't Sorry. understand that. You guys do, clearly. Yes, we yep. Um, to me that's just an incredible film. Uh, also I love I love Brazil, um, yes. which is an incredible yes. movie. Talk beautiful, beautiful film. Best optical
0: effects. Maybe. Ever. Incredible. Maybe.
1: Yes. Um, I, I'm holding that one back to introduce to my son till he can appreciate it a little bit more. Watching it way too young, you're Not like, a, I don't know what's I going showed to on. I it my son, when
2: he was way too young. I, but, but he liked it. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. I remember
1: when it came
0: um, on HBO when I was younger and I watched it and went, what the hell is this? Now at 45, I watch it and go, absolutely you know you appreciate it yeah. differently it's, for it's sure almost
2: as, certainly as relevant now as it was then oh yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah there's a
1: lot of movies that are yeah. a lot more relevant now yeah. than we what are you talking about there ain't nothing we going on in the world we, we, we,
2: we were <laughs> warned but um uh look at all those pandemic movies for god's sakes we were warned. We right. Ooh. um well, i'm trying to think favorite movies of all the time i mean look when i was younger i loved the wizard of oz that was my favorite movie you know i'm, sure. I'm kind of a sucker mm-hmm. for musicals because my father was in worked on broadway You know. Um, right but uh let's see i was thinking uh, you know obviously I'm a, I'm a huge trekker but i'm not gonna pick one movie you know what i mean uh my, my can son you pick is more my son is more star wars i'm um, more star trek um, can you but can i you pick your star favorite wars captain too. though i'm sorry if you can't pick your favorite film can you pick your favorite captain <sighs> you know as an actor <laughs> nobody's better than patrick stewart absolutely okay? true agreed, agreed. agreed but I love Shatner. I just love Shatner. I mean, you know, I know he's an ass and I know he's, he's, he's yeah. has a really weird past and everything, but, uh, he's I, a captain. He's he, 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 very, he is very he is.
0: shoot first, ask questions later, cowboy type of character. Exactly. Yeah. And I knew,
2: I knew Leonard Nimoy a little bit growing up only because really? he went to, he went to our temple and okay. he was just a oh, fine okay. man, amazing man. And I always yeah. loved Spock, and I identified with Spock a lot as a kid because, uh, I'm from a mixed faith, house my sure Mm -hmm. my parents is christian one of them's jewish and so i I had two very different types of grandparent and family situations Uh which is interesting yes and uh kind of had to take the best of both and so when i Mm -hmm. saw spock struggling with that you know conflict between his backgrounds uh you know i related to that and it's interesting a lot a a few of my friends that are interracial uh identified with spock i can see that very much which makes a lot of sense but i love shatner and and sure. I, I saw Shat, he's ninety years old now, and yeah. I saw him do oh, a one man show. This is probably four or five years ago. Um, he was incredible. Two hours of stories from Shatner with slides and pictures, and he sang and he talked about his love for horses and every acting story. I mean, he felt like he went through mm-hmm. twelve Thanksgiving dinners with him after that. So he kind of won oh, me over, awesome. and I loved Boston Legal. I loved him in that, and I loved. Uh, even his silly movie, he just did Senior Moment, which was so goofy. Took place in Palm Springs. Well, he just went to space too. Did he, he? Just went to Technically, space. He yeah, went to yeah. space. Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, come I on. I mean, look, nobody's perfect. But you have ask me my favorite captain. Yeah. I guess I have to say Kirk. Even though Kirk I, I Kirk. love Picard. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if, if, in a real life situation, I would want Picard as my captain. Of Ab- course. Yeah. Absolutely. In a fantasy, yes. I
0: would want. I would want. Yeah, I, I was yes. always a Picard fan first, and then actually, I really like Archer. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I liked Scott Bakula, uh, his work in that. Bakula's great. Uh, closet, he was a good captain. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, a big Trekker, you said. Big Trekker.
2: Y- y- your son's more of a Star Wars. He loves Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I mean, I, he likes Trek too, but he's he's re- he's his first love is Star Wars. Again, he's well versed in both. You got to well have a mixture the, of I both religions no. yeah. as <laughs> they mix. It. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's right. what it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. My mother was a big Star Trek fan when I was growing up uh and I latched onto Star Wars. So I will forever be a Star Wars fanboy. Uh but Trek I I tell you what, if I had to There's live in one, if I had to live in one universe or the other it's Star Trek. I think it's right. a little, yeah, well, little yeah. nicer, a little
2: easier <laughs> on us i don't know if either of you guys have been in war. i haven't and i do. No. i'm very grateful for not having yeah. that nope. experience yeah. i think we've all
1: dodged that bullet pretty good for so sure. far yep. so yep. we'll say so far for right now well, well, uh, they but... draft us
0: that's a big problem <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what i'm saying <laughs> it would be like uh, f- uh what was that future war they just did with uh with uh chris um oh chris pratt, chris
2: pratt. Well, i don't think i saw that
0: where they went back in time to, yeah, to recruit people for the war in the future yeah the future had issues and they had they needed people personnel so bad they would recruit basically anybody so you could be a, a, a butcher in a deli you could be a, a substitute school teacher it didn't matter you had to get drafted and go to war and these yeah. people are walking around going I, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I think a that's lot of way guys are like. in a lot of wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell man. me about that's it. it. I mean, I, re-
2: I just read today that everyone in Ukraine, all men between 20 and 60, are not supposed to leave the country because they're going to yeah. be called up. Yeah. Like, they're they're, they're not, fighting at this point. Yeah. 20 to 60. They're,
1: they're, they're uh, hand delivering weapons to homes right now. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's the last it's, thing it's I read. It's
2: crazy. It's. Um it's sad. yeah,
0: it's a crazy situation. So
1: I, mean, I
2: honestly didn't yeah. think Putin was that crazy. I knew he was a dictator and he was, you know, narcissist and all that, but I didn't think he was gonna just roll into Ukraine like this. I, so, yeah, I, mean,
0: I, I figured at this point in our lives, minus two or three individuals, nobody at this point is just going to roll into another
2: country and go, Mine, flag, boom. But he he absolutely did. I you know, yeah. and and it, we're gonna see how it works out for him.
0: Yeah, well, because it yeah. seems like everyone else in the world is against it. So even Russians, it seems like aren't behind him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. They're,
1: they're protesting pretty Why heavy. Right Russian, now? We'll just see what happens. It's... And, and for those of you listening, they're like, Why are you guys talking about current oh, politics? Sorry. Well, I just watched Rambo three yesterday, just so
0: I could freshen up a little bit
1: oh here about that's how Stallone? Charlie gets his history <laughs> lessons,
0: by the way, is Rambo <laughs> and Delta Force.
2: Stallone, he's such. he's quite a character, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Is he have you met Stallone? <laughs> I, I, I've met him briefly twice in my okay. life, but I have two friends that worked with him very closely um, in the oh, Philippines awesome. on Rambo, and he was shooting like two at once at one point: Rambo and Rocky. I think he was shooting was Rambo two okay, and Rocky yeah. three or whatever. This guy goes way back with Stallone; he's an older guy, and uh, a younger friend of mine who's a very talented editor now on The Boys. She's on fire. Um, she was his assistant editor on all those newer Rambos and Rocky movies.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Oh, cool. yes. very cool. And
2: that's my awesome. favorite story she told that I can repeat while we're recording. <laughs> uh, Cause you know, I love Rocky, Rocky, you, yes. you know, my favorite movies. It's, that's in my top 10 for sure. The first was just Rocky the right there you age, go. Yeah. just the right play. That movie to this day, that music inspires me and I work out and mm-hmm. anyway, I'm a big Rocky. kid. So I think she was expressing, you know, some of her love for that character. To him, and he said, "Well, you know, Nona, that's my alter ego. <laughs> uh, that's not who I am." <laughs> and sure, you know, it's kind of true. I think, that, and, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it was. He might be more ramble than Rocky. Rocky. Might...
1: Yeah, I, I think can now. See that. I think later. I, I think early on, I kind of think that Rocky was maybe that side of him he well, wanted he was young. to be. Yeah, he was very young. Yeah, yeah he was young. He was as aspiring yet. actor. Right. He wanted to act. And then he realized, Oh, I got muscles and they'll let me play with machine guns and I get paid well. And it went from there. So, you know, we, we love Stallone. That's probably mine. And what a Dan's favorite. Mm -hmm. Well, I certainly love love
2: Rocky. I I mean, I don't know Stallone as a man, but I mean, his work, I I love, I mean, a lot of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking
1: of Italian guys that you met or in passing, um, there was another video I watched earlier that, uh,
2: you got to work with Tony Danza, briefly.
1: Oh, right.
2: Yeah, Tony. He was cool. Uh, that was kind of one of my last things I did in high school on TV. It was Teen Star Search, was, right? Star it Search was... with uh, Ed McMahon and uh... and it was a
1: skit. What what was what, what was the deal with that? Because it was just that that one part I right.
2: watched. The The idea was, you know, how just like they do today with American Idol, they would judge singers and stuff on Star Search, same kind sure. of
0: show.
1: Yeah. they wanted okay. to
2: do that for acting which ah. is kind of inherently flawed on its surface. But anyway, that's they, they, so what they did. So they had uh, me do a skit with Tony and an actress, young actress, and then another mm-hmm. couple two, you know, and we competed. Um, I was told ahead of time I wasn't going to win, which was interesting. Um, it was all political. Totally. And they, they were very upfront about it. So that was okay. Um, okay. Well, yeah. that well, was, was leading you. You knew what you're yeah. getting into. Yeah. But I knew. Yeah. It's like, uh, I was doing it for the payday and maybe a little exposure, right? Uh, the kid who won, J.D. Roth, interestingly <laughs> enough, name. do you know who yeah. he is? Yeah, oh, he um, went
0: on to host uh, a lot of children's games. shows like One
2: house and things of that nature, yeah. And he's one of the biggest reality producers ever. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Very, very successful producer. Um, he was nice, you know, redheaded kid. He was yep. cool. And yeah. Tony Danzo was very gracious and cool with both of us. And uh, uh, it was one day, you know. Well, did you get to meet Ed? Never. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. enough yeah. to enough to go. I met him. Yeah, that was kind of a forgettable thing. It was just like a one day shoot on a soundstage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like Tony Danza because I love Taxi. I love that show. Sure. I well, again,
1: it. that that's our era. Yeah. We all know Taxi and Who's the Boss and all those. So when I saw that, I'm like, I get to talk to someone about that. Got to meet Tony Danza. Uh-huh. When is that gonna
0: happen again? So I had to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, no, he was, was great. He was great. I gotta look I up uh, Star, worked... Sh- Star Search now though and see if I can find. Uh that that skit it's on my YouTube. it's on his
2: youtube oh okay it's on stuff just so people can laugh well yeah like when, oh. when, I, when i get like on this tory spelling thing you know everybody winds up googling everybody so i just put it out there yeah you
0: know, yeah of course
2: uh, i went i actually went to the same high school as tory which is kind of funny so uh, i hope she likes my cut We'll see. I haven't met her yet. <laughs> if well, we'll if we'll not think. just stuff her in a locker like in high school would be fine. If not, you know, next, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's that, always the on next to the next project. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Exactly. That's, that's it, it for it. sure. But that said, I would like it to continue.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Tori, oh, absolutely. That. No, so, no, no. Yeah. No,
0: Tori. Tori's a big fan of the pod. We'll make sure we tell her. Just Tori let it keep going. Josh says
2: hi Have you watch Rough Cut One of uh he said
0: it's gonna be fantastic. Just let him do it.
2: Right, it's got our seal of approval well, already. It always makes you nervous when the director's fired and a new director comes in, and you're working oh, with the yeah. fired director's material. <laughs> of course, <laughs> know. yeah, they want their own vision of things and stuff. <laughs> Maybe yeah. so, makes and sense. I wouldn't blame him. I mean, I'd have to bow out graciously if he said, you know, he's an older guy, a very experienced director. He said, uh, you know, if he said, I have an editor, I've worked with for 25 years, what am I going to say? You know what I mean? But, well, you've, you've, you have no, yeah. You see, now you're, you're going to get game long enough. My, my Jewish neuroticism and my paranoia, see? will <laughs> so right. probably love it. It'll be fine. I'm worried about nothing, right? Yeah, 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 I think that's a
1: huge, that's a human element. I, I see the flaws in everything I do and run through all the scenarios in my brain. And at the end of the day, everything was fine. No one even paid attention to, you know, right. what I saw. That's right. So it's like, it's just all in my head. So 100%, that's, see, we're
2: yeah. all the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very it much so. it's oh. the human condition. It's Josh. Be... <laughs> Doesn't matter where it's you're from weird. or where it's you like, live. It's like, you know, usually like, at least when you're cast in a movie, it's rare that you're fired off, you know, because they can't replace you once they start shooting. Right. But an editor, right. an editor, they, they never see they you. You're a name on like the credits. Yeah they, they, yeah. they could, they could replace me in a second. And that is so, all, yeah, there's always that, but that's showbiz, man. You know, what are you going to do? I guess
0: you've played the game long enough. You know how it works.
2: I guess. I mean, you know, it, it's definitely <laughs> taken its toll. <laughs> like I said, again, I see the gray. I understand. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> happened in my yeah. early thirties. Yeah,
0: mine's because of the kids. Yours is because of the, the work. Yeah. I yeah. just grow mine out and hide
1: the other underneath it. That's
2: what I do. Nice. So. Yeah, yours is pretty long. See, my yeah. wife says, uh, I used to have pretty long hair and many times, and and uh, my wife said, the beard or the hair, pick one, Josh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very nice. So. See, I'm reversed. This is actually gr- and I've got a beard, so I'm in trouble.
1: <laughs> this is grown out for me. This is, this is my hippie stage here. Nice, this needs to get man. shaved down. And then beard go out. Yeah, that's I take it.
2: it. <laughs> okay. It's what's in here that counts.
1: A hundred percent, brother. hundred percent. Well, I I feel like we've covered everything. Uh, yeah, Josh. I'm I'm good. We'll if see. if All you're right.
2: good. Right. Well,
0: Josh, uh, we uh, really like to thank you for coming on and spending some time with us today, and and talking about, of course, Beastmaster and and just yourself as well. It, it you know, yeah. pretty awesome just to get to know you. I really appreciate it, and and uh, hope all of our fans out there appreciate it do you is there anything you want to plug out
2: or, or your socials or anything like that no not really people people can find me if they want I, I'm good
0: enough if him. you need him find him yeah
2: just Google he my found name. me you can find i mean me.
1: that's that's how this worked it it's like bill was...
2: murray you know i don't have an agent you just got to find me you know? yeah exactly you're like the <laughs> a team if you can find him and you can hire him maybe he can help
1: <laughs> maybe he can edit that movie you've been working on you never okay. know. so we'll you never we'll know. take it thanks but, uh, guys yeah, been no, a lot
2: of fun and uh i think you know absolutely talking like this really helps break down barriers and build bridges and and uh show that, that no matter you know we're all americans we should love each other and and uh be kind to each other absolutely man I like absolutely it, man. thank you guys
1: thank you fantastic thank you
0: Whew, I am tired of listening to myself. Yeah, you know, I guess we probably didn't need to play that
1: live drop no. all the way through.
0: No, I could have been doing something like flossing my ears or brushing my toes or...
1: No one needs to know all that. Burning
0: my hair. I don't know. I could have been doing something. But I, it was more time, better time spent listening to that interview. It was really good. No, I had a, I had an absolute blast on that
1: interview. I... He ended up, you sometimes you get a little worried interviewing someone that you have, you have no idea who they are, how they are, and then after the first few sentences, you're just like, okay, this guy's going to be 100% cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was one of those, I mean, because in my past life as a radio guy, can you guys tell I did some radio? No one knows. Okay. So when I did that, I got to interview some people. So I was okay with interviewing, but I didn't know like this dude. I didn't, you know, I didn't have any frame of reference. And it ended up being really, really awesome. And um, uh, you know, I had a great time talking to Josh. Would like to talk to him again. Had a blast. Oh, yeah. Josh, oh, yeah. call me. Um so uh, anyway, yeah, had a great time thanks Josh so much for you know your taking time. the time
1: out reaching out to us i mean absolutely it, it it was an absolute blast he's uh I need to remember when this drops for him to send us a picture of the sword yeah. that he has hanging in his yeah. room yeah. and that that's the i I know we say it in there you know we've said it before we're not doing YouTube, but there are times that God I wish we were doing video because we're literally getting a tour of his basement like office area yeah, there's toys yeah. so on the cool. shelves i think it was uh, his
0: garage i think there was a garage door in the was factory. it a garage yeah it was so. something but uh um, you don't know you know them hollywood types so you yeah. know i had a blast doing it i can't wait for you know more of these interviews to come down the road that we're working on yep there are <laughs> more coming <laughs> Psst, we are actually working on new ones just as a secret everybody Shh, don't tell nobody well, it's, okay. Tell you people, don't, please. I mean, you don't, you don't announce it till you've recorded it. That yeah. can go back and bite you in the butt sometimes. I because I, I mean, I'm real excited that, that, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart will be on the show. I mean, um, <laughs> no. yeah, no, <laughs> uh, right, well, don't,
1: anyway. don't even get anybody's hopes up for something like that.
0: Yeah. Tell me about it.
1: Stewart anyway. Patrick Stewart, is who yeah, I yeah, told I you.
0: Stewart Patrick. Yeah. He, he's, uh, the cashier at the Kroger down the street which for right. people that don't know what Kroger is, it's a grocery store. You Dullards. I All got right. Down here. Well, yeah, but not in uh, Washington state. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. All I, right. I, don't know uh, I, I, you know what? This is kind of weird closing off on this one. Cause we usually do a body count. There was zero. This episode had zero bodies. Count, it, none and of us was, died in
1: this interview.
0: Uh, I give it a 10 Alley
1: for the interview. Josh gets ten alley We'll do that. I, I hundred yeah, yeah, percent yeah. back that up.
0: And I hope, and Josh, I hope all of your pinball scores are 999999999. Nine, 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 nine. I think that's enough nines. Roll that sucker over. That's what that's I right. say. Don't tilt it. And uh, I'm just.
1: I'm glad we're gonna have a jealous Pete at the end of this when he hears about all that. You yeah. Know.
0: <laughs> hey Pete. <we laughs> got to talk to this guy. And he plays pinball.
1: Plays all pinball. All right. Anyway, you got you got anything to add to this? Well, uh, do do you want to at least do our little closing type thing? Yeah, or uh, are we good? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just throw some quick. Everyone knows the socials. Just throw the quick thank yous out to our network. All
0: right, brothers, thank and you, sister. to all of our network brothers and sister out there. First of all, we would like to thank Mountain Empire Comics in Bristol and Kingsport, Tennessee. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Second of all, we'd like to send a, hey, what's up, to all of our other homies on the network. Of course, that's good beer, bad movie night. That is the monster movie stomp down. That is live and in color with Wolfie D. Kind of a adjacent. Uh, that's one of part, the sister part, ones. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Are you telling? Are you saying Jimmy's a sister? My Thanks cousin. Eh, whatever it's a cousin podcast it's a sister Um, cousin is that a thing well you're from virginia so maybe Ah and uh of course give me back my pro wrestling yes as we record this episode two will be dropping tomorrow morning as we record now you guys know how we recorded this uh (laughs) also the i know you can hear me yes i have to plug down because i want flynn to meet me and stretch me and tales from the haunt
1: which they heard the brand new commercials we got there. So we're trying to mix things up. So you don't hear the same exact commercial break every episode.
0: That's right. And, uh, is there another podcast that's on this network? I can't remember if there's anything. No, I guess that's it. No, I mean,
1: if you want to plug the horror one, but if they're they're listening to this one, they know about the horror one.
0: I know. I'm just being a My
1: My feelings don't
0: get hurt. it's (laughs) not i'm just being a knob everyone uh the next episode of give me back my action movies will be coming out on its regularly scheduled day yep so make sure you listen to that oh yeah uh recording this on an off night so i don't have the same energy i think maybe i don't have the same flow
1: well, for those that have listened to the other I haven't they had know, dinner yet either.
0: I ate some Doritos, but that's yeah, one. neither have I. Yeah. Now, for
1: those that maybe don't know and maybe aren't listening to the interviews on the horror show, the interview episodes just appear. I don't, I don't bump anything on our normal movie episodes. I feel like the interviews should just be boom,
0: surprise. Like Kevin Bacon when you throw paint on him.
1: Yeah, like Hollow Man. See? I that know was about good. Horror
0: movies. Good, Dan. Good. I saw that one. Awesome, that was creepy as shit.
1: It really was it really for did. more than the yeah, scary part.
0: Yeah. yeah, you guys need to do an, a horror movie that I actually have seen and or will watch, so I can be on there.
1: uh We did Christine, but you were dying, so yeah. that yeah. was I probably vid. You had the old vid, and you thought you were recording. <laughs> <but> you were... <laughs> that's how
0: that's how <laughs> sick I was. I thought I was going to record that night. And I really didn't. Which thank goodness I didn't. Yeah. Um. For me, for Charlie, thank you, Josh. For Nate, who's not even here, this has been a very special episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies. Charlie, say the thing. Josh, that interview
1: was phantasmagorical.
0: I knew you'd say that.
2: and all that is phantasmagorical.